Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone. And we are talking about I, Claudius, Episode 7, Reign of Terror. Uh, we're slowly working our way through I, Claudius. Uh, normally we would do two episodes a week. I think we've been doing one a week the past couple of weeks. Uh, so we apologize for that. But I think that we're refreshed and we feel good about, uh, about where the show is at this point. So uh, Episode 7, Reign of Terror, is uh, a point in the series where Tiberius has basically retired to Capri. He's... Uh, really uh, doubled down on his uh, resentment towards Agrippina and her sons, so he is, uh, uh, you know, banishing Agrippina and arresting Nero, and he eventually tries to have her son Drusus arrested. Uh, And this, uh, you know, uh, uh, is also a period where Sejanus is being given control of Rome and and just really... uh, you know, the, the title says it all, but he's basically really, you know, uh, he's got Rome, you know, uh, in his grip really tight. And and uh, and so, you know, the, the show, this, the episode ends with Sejanus and Lavilla trying to uh, really at Lavilla's urging, hatching a plot to assassinate Tiberius, which is uncovered by Antonia, who slips a message through Claudius in his history of Carthage. And Tiberius uh, is able to have Sejanus arrested and executed. He bathes Rome in blood, and he decides to make Caligula, of all people, his successor. And so I'm glossing over a lot. This is a very eventful episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's another focused episode, though. It, it's got a, it's got it's kind of got a real focus, I would say. Oh, very much so. Yes. And, uh, yes. So yeah. So what did you think of the episode, Adam? Ah, it's a fantastic episode. I think. Uh, I think what's interesting is, uh, you know, we had kind of the Livia stage of the show where she was doing her machinations, and they were all very much within her family. It was like it's it lots of horrible things happened, but it was all like her, you know, poisoning various people within the the royal family. It's like with this, we kind of see things spill out all throughout Rome. It's like, you know, all these horrible things are happening to people throughout the entire city and no one's safe and anyone can just be grabbed and accused and murdered at any times. It's like Sejanus, you know, Sejanus just has this this much wider range and well he's he's a lot less discriminate too. Livia was very cunning and picky in who she would go after. And it's like you know, Sejanus is just going after anybody that has even the slightest reason to go after. He's going to go after and grab well, them. I would push back a little bit on that because I was thinking about okay. that this morning. And I was I was thinking about how over the course of the show, it's really kind of about how how horrible the rains become over time and the kind yeah. of the kind of uh, terror that you're living under. And under the Sejanus reign, it's actually not that bad. It's bad. It's bad, especially if you haven't figured out what's going on. But for those who have figured out what's going on, it's fairly navigable. Um, it's just that you have huh. to say the right things. You have to, you know, as long as you don't, as long as you don't give Sejanus a reason to kill you, he's not. He, he's not like a vindictive person. Do you know what I mean? He's not a. He's actually quite emotionless. There's that moment where the, um, uh, where is it? There's this senator who uh, he, it's it's he, when he asks to. Uh, for for the Senate to to sign off on 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 having 
uh, Drusus arrested. Uh, there's a there's a senator, uh, Asinius Gallus, who refuses, who's a friend of Claudius, and he gives this big speech, and he basically calls. It, it's kind of like that speech in um, in the Princess Bride, where the woman calls her the Queen of Refuse. It's that kind of rebuke. You know, he just mm-hmm. he just says like you're not. You know, he basically says you're not even in charge of all this. You're just the stench that you know from from the decay of 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 the institution in the city, and. Sejanus is totally unfazed by it. He's like, okay, we'll start again. You know, they, they beat the guy up. He passes out. Okay, we'll start again in a moment. Um, and so Sejanus, I don't think, is a vindictive person. I think he's, I think he just goes after the people that aren't playing ball and he, that he sees as a threat and that haven't, you know, that haven't caught on that he's sort of in charge of everything now and that, that, that this is no longer a republic, that this is a, you know, this is a, um, this is a new system of government. And, and so... Again, it's horrible, but it's not. It's not. It's it's highly navigable. But then when we get to the Caligula, I don't know if it is though. I mean, okay. well, yeah. I mean, okay. Well, yeah. But you bring up the Caligula thing. The Caligula thing. Yeah, there's an increasing level. But I feel like, you know, I mean, the difference. Is, I mean, yeah, you're right. There will be an escalation. Things will get yep. worse than this. But you know, I mean. You know, what, during the Livia stage of the show, Augustus was ruling, and he seemed to be largely a fair-minded person, for the most part. Yeah, he. Will, yeah, I think we can agree <laughs> uh, on that. And and so it's like for the average person in the Senate or the average person in Rome, it was like things were much easier to navigate. Whereas with Sejanus, it's like you couldn't be sure. You could just make an off comment. You know, you could just make an off comment about about you know the emperor at a dinner party, and Sejanus would have a spy there oh, I, reporting, yeah. and you'd be you'd be there because you know I mean like I said the, the first thing we see it's like they're really petty petty things that people are getting nailed for. <laughs> but but the thing is, the reason he's going to do that to you is because he needs to get rid of you for some reason, unless you can be useful to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but a that's... lot of people can't be useful to him. I mean. Well, <laughs> But but again, I think uh, I think it's bad. I'm not saying it's a good situation to live under. I'm just saying I feel like with Sejanus, I I I would be able to at least have a shot at figuring out how to survive that. And so and with with Livia, I feel like I'd almost have less of a shot because you never quite know what her aim is. And so no, well, uh, yeah, my, my point, my point, exactly. I mean, that's a good point. My point though is that her aim was much less selective. It's like yeah. we, I think we saw the majority of people. I mean, it, you know, there probably were off-stage people that she took care of yeah. at times, but we saw the majority of the people she killed. Whereas Sejanus, we didn't. We we just saw the tiniest, tiniest fraction yeah. of the people yeah. that he had murdered. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and again, we're and, and just to be clear, we're talking about the show Sejanus. We're not necessarily talking about the historical figure. Yes, yeah. Um, it, as but, always on the show, yeah. I I am viewing this as a show. I am not going to comment on historical accuracy because that just kind of yeah it gets into gray but, waters. But based on what the show presents to us. I think it's an interesting. It's funny because we always have these interesting sort of discussions about each character. With Livia, it was like it was more about what is, you know, how 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 uh, how redeeming a view of her can we take? And mm-hmm. here with Sejanus, it's, it's I feel a, like I don't know. Knowing what's coming over the course of the show, I feel a certain amount of comfort during the Sejanus years, where I feel <laughs> like I could probably figure out a way to survive that but then once you get to the caligula reign it's like how do you even attempt 
to survive. Yeah. And then it gets even oh, more I agree, tricky. I agree with that part. And and then it gets like even more tricky during Claudius's reign because it's deceptively calm. But there's all this turmoil caused by Messalina and all these other things. And and so I feel like with Sejanus, Sejanus is such a simple person. He just wants to rise to the top. That's like all, all he cares about is becoming emperor. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 it. And if you can if you can help him meet that goal, you're fine. Caligula is not is a much more complicated person than that. You know, Claudius is a much more complicated person than that. But 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 Sejanus is sort of like the working man's um, tyrant. Do you know what I mean? Like you can Yeah, see, he is. Yeah, I will give you that. Yeah. I will give you that. He is a simple person to figure out. That's that is very true. Well, I, and, uh, and and I like the sort of class thing that's going on in this episode because Sejanus, again, really all Sejanus wants is to be is to is to get Tiberius's position. In order to get it, he needs to uh, he needs to rise to the ranks because he's. I think he's only an equestrian. Is the which which really yeah. isn't that low. Uh, and I'm not. Sh- I'm not a hundred percent sure on his actual rank at the moment. But I, I'm pretty sure he's being presented as an equestrian here. And and so in order to get to the senatorial order, he needs to make a move of some kind. And so the move that he's making is he's trying to marry Lavilla, and uh, and the emperor says I can't do that. So how about we? arrange a marriage between you and the daughter Helen and uh and I just like sort of the you know uh, you know I, I like the way the show is handling the social order it's 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 not it's not beating you over the head with it it's 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 not it's not laying out all of the ground rules but you know that you know that they're understood and uh-huh. and, it, and it presents them I was you. I was a little perplexed by that though I, I have to admit I okay. I don't because it's like okay if Villa's off the table because she's too high rank. How is her daughter not too high rank? Oh, like, how does that work? Because the Villa was married to a senator. Is I think what his argument was, and and she's not the kind of woman that anybody oh, would expect it was, it was, so to be it wasn't content. Just her lineage; it was also her status she would achieved in life. I think I it was her lineage, the status she had achieved in life, and her personality, and that you know he that that he understood her. So. Okay. That yeah. That 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 makes sense. Him being yeah. Her being having been married to a senator does does change things. And, so, okay. And, and and basically, Tiberius was saying, I'd have to have you enrolled as a, you know to the senatorial rank. Uh, I I get it. I get so, it. Yeah. I I I, 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 I believe one thing that can, no that that makes total sense. That that fits fits with everything we were told. I I just. I, I was just focusing on it being because of her family, and I was like, uh, but yeah, I, I understand that. Um, but anyway, so I, I do, I, you know, I, I like sort of the, I don't know, he's, he's very, like I said, he's very, he, he's very easy for me to understand as a person. I feel like as much as I would be horrified of him and, and as much as <laughs> I, uh, you know, would not want to live in these conditions, I think I could survive it. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be able, like, it, it's sort of like, Again, maybe maybe it's maybe I'm bringing my own class things to the table, but I feel like Caligula surviving Caligula is like surviving the the elitist cocktail parties of cocktail parties. Do you know what I mean? And surviving Sejanus is like you know going to a family dinner and surviving. You know, it's it's a it's it's just a it's it's so much easier to 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 get through the well, reign of Sejanus than Caligula. I mean, the thing is, 
it's 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 easy to say that, but it's also going to be the fact that he's going to pick off so many people around you that that mean something to you at the same time. So it's like you can't just keep your head down, but keeping your head down when people that are important to you are being picked off right and left and tortured and murdered is harder. It's harder to keep your mouth shut and keep your head down and not give any sign that you're unhappy about it. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. And again, I'm, I'm not commenting on the morality of it. It's, 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 it's awful. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is by the time we get to Caligula, everybody realizes that they have to play ball by the time of Caligula. Do you know what I mean? Like at this point, yeah. people still don't realize it. Like the whole yeah, thing, yeah. the whole thing with, um, uh, with uh, Asinius Gallus is that, you know, he still thinks that the Republic has a shot. Do you know what I mean? He's, and he's still yeah. talking as if the Republic is a, you know, a viable institution. And, and, uh, and, and so, uh, but, but everybody who survives has just realized you have to play along. You have to put, you have to keep your head down. And by the time of Caligula, everybody is pretty much like, there's nobody that's really actively resisting the, the you know, no, at, they're, at that all, point. they're all dead already. Yeah. Yeah. They've all died. <laughs> and so, uh, but at that point, it's just a matter of people don't know what they need to do to survive. Um, yeah. you know, so, but if you roll it back to Sejanus, it just it it's just interesting to me that the show is able to paint the reign of Sejanus as as this greener pasture than than the reign of Caligula, um, and we're seeing all the signs of that over the course of this episode. Um, you know, there's a I mean, Caligula has a lot of a lot of crucial moments here. We're kind of bouncing around, but yeah. Oh, there's some great, great uh, Caligula moments. Yeah, the, the conversation with him and Tiberius at the end, you know, oh, what a sad statement on our times. Yeah. It's just, that's just one of the lines that always stuck with me on this show. His delivery of that line just kills me every time. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about that up until the end, and then we'll go back and talk about some of the earlier things in the episode, I think. But, but basically, uh, Tiber- uh, not Tiberius, Claudius is writing a... Um, a history of Carthage, and and there's a whole scene about elephants on the <laughs> at the at, at, at uh, when he's having them copied that we need to talk about later. But he his mother finds out about the plot to kill Tiberius, and she realizes that she can put a note inside his history of Carthage, and and have him ask Tiberius for permission to dedicate uh, the book to him. And tell him to read this one particular scroll first, because they know he's not going to read something unless it's, you know, unless it's like pornography. So he's got to re- they've got to basically hand it to him. And because of Claudius's marriage to Sejanus's sister, and because Sejanus has absolutely no respect for Claudius, she's okay. convinced that this will work. And so the next scene is him at Capri uh, with Tiberius just having read the note. And Caligula is there because Caligula has now been taken under his wing because he's sort of living the lifestyle that Tiberius lives. That's sort of how he's survived. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and so, you know, we see Tiberius come out and he tells them, you know, about Lavilla's plot and Caligula. The first things out of his lips are, "I always knew that woman was no good," and and it's yeah. said with such sincerity and and it, you know, you you know that he doesn't make those kinds of moral judgments uh at least yeah. up, until the, up until this point yeah and then, that, that's the thing he, he says it he says it with this 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 over over hype kind of sincerity with just yeah. the underlying smarminess underneath yeah. it at the same but, time it's just it's just a fantastic but, 
but, but what I think is interesting is when, when he becomes fully convinced of his own godhood, that that <laughs> becomes a sincere sentiment in his character. Um, yeah, but then yeah. the next thing he says, is, you know, after they talk about, you know, what they were planning is people really are despicable. Um, and, uh, and, and, and he says something to the effect of, you know, it's such a sad commentary on our time. He's just yeah. making all these little, he's peppering the conversation with these, these, these observations. And, and it, it's, it's just so perfect. Um, but ultimately, the way that he secures his own reign, the, the way that he, 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 you know, that he sort of, he uses, he does all that, and then he uses this situation to position himself as the inheritor of Tiberius's position. Um, and, 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 and it's done because they can't figure out how to get rid of Sejanus, because Sejanus's men are all loyal. He's, he's, he's got the city in an iron grip. Like, who do you go to? There's nobody that they can go to. And so Caligula says, on the other hand, if you can't find a man with integrity, look for a man with ambition. Find a dog who will eat a dog. And yes. he, he's, he, he, he has this uh, uh, Sejanus's number two, who we've just seen, I think, dealing with uh, uh, Asinius. Um, and so we sort of know who he is. And by the way, he's the guy. I forget. I forget his name, but he's the. He played the dwarf in Lord of the Rings, and he also was in the uh, miniseries Shogun. He played an important uh, role in that as well. Um, he, he's a face that you recognize. Um, but Caligula's been sleeping with this guy's wife, with the guy's knowledge, because the guy is ambitious. And initially. Tiberius is really upset. He's like, "Well, you, you're sleeping with the guy's wife, and you think he's going to help us?" He's like, "No, no, no! You don't understand. He's ambitious." And then, <laughs> and then light dawns on Tiberius's face, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to make you my heir. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I shall make Nurse you my, you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh no, I got, I got the whole quote here. He says, "I shall make oh, you my okay. successor, Gaius Caligula. You shall stay with me here. Rome deserves you. I will yes. nurse you like a viper in her bosom." <laughs> and it's just, yeah. Uh, I loved I loved the fact that you know the show could have gone in the book pattern could have, could have gone one way where it's like oh you know Caligula's ingratiation tricks Tiberius into making him his successor but it's like no Tiberius knows exactly what Caligula yeah. is and he just it's just this final act of spite it's like here you go Rome yeah. this is my parting gift to you <laughs> yeah because in an earlier episode Livia had said like he wants to be loved. And so he's going to select somebody who's ten times worse than him to be the <laughs> successor. And then so and then they and then he sort of puts his arms around Caligula and says, you know, tonight we'll draw up a list during dinner, a long list. The city will be purged as surely as she had gorged herself on figs for a year. Blah 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 blah. The streets will run like a sewer. And it just yeah. paints this magnificent image. And then, you know, normally what happens in this show is you don't see the image that gets painted. They paint an image, and the image is powerful enough that you that you're able to imagine it and you think it was part of the show. But here they actually show you the aftermath and they show you the, the you know, they, they show Sejanus being arrested. They show, you know, Claudius, uh, you know, uh, listening to the screams throughout Rome as his wife, Elia, is begging him for help and he's scrambling away from her and, and weeping. It's, it's a, it's a, and then we see Sejanus dragged down the steps of the Senate uh, dead. Um, you know, there's a lot that happens in the wake of this scene, but you know, what, you know, one of the things that's pretty striking is Sejanus's children are killed, and they're killed in a pretty yeah. horrifying way. And very uh, horrifying. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's one of the most it's one of the most horrifying parts of the show, and and it's even done. The thing that's interesting about it, though, 
is the only redeeming trait that I can really find with Sejanus is he seems to have some sincere love of his children. We get, yeah. We get one little scene where he goes to his kids and he looks like a like a normal dad like it like if this were not i claudius this would be like the dad coming home from work scene where he's just greeting his kids and uh and and even when he's disciplining them it's it's sort of discipline done in like you can tell that these are well-disciplined kids who respect their father kind of a thing um Mm -hmm. you know and so so i don't know I, i i i feel like it it makes it that much more awful that you know that the, the kids are the one thing about Sejanus that you kind of like and that, that they're just executed. And there's this horrifying, horrifying moment where one of the soldiers is reluctant to kill them. And Macro, who's in charge of, you know, this reign of terror that Tiberius is unleashing, you know, says, well, you know, you have to do it. And the guy says, well, but the girl's a virgin. It's unprecedented. She'll, you know, the, the, the city will be cursed. And so Macro says, well, make sure she's not a virgin when you're done. And they don't, you know, they don't get into it more than that, I believe. But I mean, it's 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 an awful, you know, the you it's 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 really unimaginable. And yeah, well, Aelia comments on it when she comes to Claudius begging mm-hmm. for help in a in the subsequent scene where she she talks about what happened to the children in in a, a little more detail. But uh, it's yeah, it's 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 rough. I mean, the uh, the ending of this episode is pretty horrifying with. Uh, because I mean, it's like you you want you know it's like Sejanus is is a villain and you want you want Sejanus to get what's coming to him but everything just spirals so yeah. heavily out of control at the end that you're you're there's not a lot of satisfaction <laughs> in in this happening. Well, you know what it is? It's 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 called Reign of Terror and when you watch the episode you think they're talking about Sejanus's Reign of Terror, but what they yeah. think they're really talking about is the bloodshed at the end. And, oh, and then, it's both, I think. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it 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 really really comes along at the end, though. Well, you know, well, it makes it like um, it, it it's I don't know. It it just it just re, it, it's sort of like apples and oranges, though. Like the, the 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 what we see at the end, like and again, like you said, there's obviously lots of people that Sejanus has dispatched that we don't see, but all we can really work with is what we what what the show presents to us. And mm-hmm. and the show, the sh- again, I, I think the show does this excellent job of making every preceding sort of evil seem like huh. a picnic compared to what you're presently going through, and so so it's kind of like a gut punch, like you're because the whole episode you're sort of like I really hope they get rid of this Sejanus guy, like you know, and then and you're almost cheering, like by the point when they arrest him, you're 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 sort of like yeah they're getting Sejanus, and then you're like oh no. Oh no! It's uh, it's just going in directions I wasn't expecting, and then it just, it, it it's it's like you said, it's just not satisfying because, it, you 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 you're not able to sort of get the win that you wanted to. You sort of, yeah. <laughs> you sort of you're sort of hoping to see Sejanus punished, like you know, arrested and executed. That's what you're hoping for, and it it just opens up the. It's it you know it's 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 like Tiberius says it it runs like a sewer. It's just a. Uh, it's just an awful mess when they actually do arrest him and, and, and remove him. And then and then I guess the sad truth to it is it's pro- like with the exception of the children, obviously, but like a lot of the executions that are taking place th- that night are probably necessary if they don't want to have, uh, you know, 
just a you know series of back and forth violence that spirals into civil war. Well, uh, but here's here's the question. You know, I mean, you're you know you're talking you know to, to go back to our little argument before about you know whether it would be easy to live under Sejanus this shows you why it's not easy because okay you keep your head down and you're the person that goes sure Sejanus I'm on your side and then when Sejanus does get taken down you're on the list it's like oh yeah no absolutely you know, absolutely it's like it's it's like you know deciding you're going to line up with a tyrant means if that tyrant loses his grip you're dead. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. I think it's definitely a strong point against my argument because, and I was actually thinking about it during the show because that scene when they announce his, uh, when, when they read Tiberius's letter in the Senate where Tiberius mm -hmm. says, you know, oh, what is worse than a trust betrayed? And he's talking about Sejanus and they're about to arrest him. You see all of Sejanus's supporters in the Senate slink away. Yeah. And I think we even might see some of their faces in the pile of bodies at the end. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I feel like some of those guys, you know, uh, definitely didn't survive. And so I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a calculation. But, I, but here's the thing. I feel like, at least under Sejanus, I, I am able to make the calculation. How <laughs> long is Sejanus going to reign for? Uh, you know, how long am I going to survive if I put my weight behind Sejanus versus this other person? It's still mm -hmm. a very practical calculation. By the time you get to Caligula, it's not even, you can't even calculate it, is the, uh, you know, it, it, it just yeah, becomes yeah. this, this, well, uh, this question mark that's unanswerable. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but it's, it's, uh, and I, and I do want to emphasize here, I'm saying that the reign of Sejanus would have been easy in relation to the reign of Caligula, Ooh. which is so terrible that it's that it's gone down in history as this you know this 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 like what like one of one of the things to watch out for you know in you know in the course of history um you know yeah oh you know, sure uh, i i know i get your point it's like you know we it's it's something we can talk more about when we get into future episodes is how bad things wow those Janus episodes look pretty good right yeah. now but uh but yeah, I you know it's uh it's it, it, it's 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 just, it's it, it shows good at showing you how many how many different flavors of terrible government you can have. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, and I think to bring it to like a possible gaming contents to show it, it context, it shows you uh, yeah. flavors of evil. Do you know what I mean? Like Sejanus yeah. is a very different flavor of evil than Caligula, and they're both a very different flavor than Livia, and they're and all of them are an entirely different flavor of evil than Messalina or any of these other characters that get, creep up that are uh, that are the, the the villain of the of the of 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 the of the you know the villain of the month. Um, yeah, and so it's one of the things I like about the show, and I just I just feel like I like Sejanus's evil. Because I can understand it, I can understand his evil. Fully. It's very rational yeah. evil. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's it is it, it, he is the most rational of the evil emperor. Yeah. Well, not just evil tyrants in the background too, including Livia because she's not really an emperor. But uh, I, because yeah, I mean, because like you say with Livia, she is. I, I, Livia is acting by logic, but it's it's a veiled logic in a yeah. way that Sejanus isn't. But. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but also he's he's operating more at a level that we would be operating at. Like I feel like 
the 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 other villains are all largely aristocrats with the exception of Messalina. I think she starts out as a performer, but most of the other villains are aristocrats and they're operating on a level that we might not quite do you know what I mean? Like sometimes there's a gulf between my uh my understanding of the world and Livia's understanding of the world. Do you know what I mean? We we we, yeah. we, we have we have two we, I, 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 I I can't quite put my head well, into that's, we we uh, spent so much time arguing about Livia and I I don't know if you could ever really come down. I'm not even entirely sure of my own conclusions yeah. because there's just yeah, she's just she's just a fascinating enigma in a lot of ways. <laughs> but 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 Sejanus comes from a world that I at least understand. Is yeah. Is oh yeah. yeah. There's there's you. Yeah. He is He's, he is the most comprehensible like, of the three. So much so that when Asinia like okay, let's talk about the Asinia speech because um, that's mm-hmm. pretty important. He's forced to confess. And he's and he's basically. I think he's charged with sowing enmity between Tiberius, the emperor, and the captain of his guard, Sejanus. Some yeah. kind of tra- charge like that. Uh, but but basically, he's being charged because he wouldn't sign sign off on on the Drusus uh, arrest. Uh, he gives this big speech, and I don't know that I have all of it, but but the the bulk of it is this. He says, you know, you are not really the destroyer. You are merely the putrefaction that spreads after death, the outward visible sign of its presence. You are a lesson in history to me, Sejanus, proving to me that above all, mankind needs its sense of smell. And when he says smell, he really, his <laughs> face is all bloody, and he leans into the word. Um, and Sejanus is totally unfazed. But before that, he says to Sejanus, you're just like a small town, you know, you know, police captain, basically. And that's yeah. all you'll ever be. And the moment he says that, I kind of lose whatever whatever empathy and, and uh, sympathy for Asinius they, they had been cultivating with me. That's the moment that it dips for me in the conversation. Really? Yeah. Well, why is that? I don't know. I feel because, like, I feel like he's looking down at all of the equestrians when he says that. Do you know what I mean? Huh. And and the equestrians aren't even that low in the social order. They're still pretty high up. Um, I don't. I I interpreted it differently. I, I get where you're coming from, and you might be right. But uh, my interpretation of that was just from the standpoint that it's it's you know that well, let's see how to put this in words. I mean, you know, it's it's typical small town cop thing who's just abusing his power. He's not. He's not. He's he's just saying you know that you're. You know, it's, his ambitions are so petty. It's not like he's criticizing his his place in the world or his birthright or anything. It's more of a man. You're, you know, it's it's you know. I mean, like at least Augustus to an extent had higher, you know, yeah. ambitions. It's like he, you know, he, you could you could you know accuse him of of suppressing the republic and everything. But you know, it's just. So Janus is just this guy who just wants his power and he just wants to punish yeah. the people no. that are on his side. And that's it. There's like nothing there beyond it. I, th- no, I think I th- that's what he was getting at. I think you're right. I mean, I think that's what he's saying. I think that's the point of what he's saying. I just can't help but notice that gap. What I'm, you know, like that, yeah, that, that, no, you, that, I mean, that, you've got that. That is interesting. You're adding an interesting layer to it for me, definitely. And and again, I, I it's hard to, I, I don't know the best comparison, and I'm not like a historian or anything, so like take what I say with a grain of salt. But like the equestrian order is not that much lower than the senatorial order, and it's kind. I mean, it's almost like I guess the closest comparison would be like it would be like if you were like upper middle class, 
and you were trying to move in circles that were rich or in the one percent. Do you know what I mean? Or like, uh, like, yeah. like, like your That's... family make like I don't know what the cutoff point is, but like, you know, like your family makes like a million dollars a year, say. So you're like wealthy, but you're trying to move in circles of people who make billions of dollars a year. You know, like yeah, like, it's a pretty wide gap. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a wide gap, but it's still. It's still not like to somebody like us. It's like you know what I mean. It's like it's they're, they you know what's the difference between a million and a billion to us? Do you know what I mean? Like it's well, yeah. I don't know. I I think I think the gap between us and people that that have a million is a lot smaller than the gap between the people that have a million and the people that have a billion. It's kind of okay. Like, I don't know. I I think once you're in that million category, like all of your basic needs are met. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah, and so uh, it, I, I, well, I mean, they, they are and they aren't. I mean, a million, a million's a lot, okay. but it's not. You're not, you're not I, bulletproof. Okay, I, I might be. My numbers might be badly chosen because I grew up in the '80s and like a million yeah. back then. Yeah, meant more. Um, a million so, is like so a, bad, a bad year on the stock yeah. market. will will destroy but, you if you. But but here's the thing. I I I, I you know a million a million dollars in a year is more money than I could imagine. More money than most people uh-huh. could imagine making. <laughs> Oh, um, oh, making a million in a year, you're saying? Yeah, okay. that's what I was saying. That's, saying that, well, it's, that's still, yeah, that is quite a bit. I mean, a million yeah. a year, you're never going to go hungry on a million a year. You're going to always live in a mansion, basically, if you make a million a year, right? Like, you know, unless you're spending gargantuan stuff. Well, a lot money. of people do, though. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if you're in the, if you're in the, the people that are in the million a year club, are often have their sights on the billionaire club, which means they have to, you know, they often are just but that's, living. But that's what, living and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, to me, that's what this looks like. That looks like Sejanus is in the million a year club trying to get into the billion. Oh yeah, I agree and, with your yeah, analogy. Yeah, I don't, I and, don't know, I don't even remember where we're disagreeing here. I, but, I, uh, well, you know, <laughs> if we we're, are, we're sort of on a detour, but it's okay. Um, it's, but, yeah, but but the yeah. basic point is, it's not that like it's really not that big of a difference between them to anybody else in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's a difference that matters to these two guys. It's not a difference that would matter to us if we were plebs in Rome. Do you know what I mean? Which is probably what we would be, you know, we'd probably be slaves. Like we probably wouldn't even be plebs, you know? (laughs) Um, But, uh, but so, uh, so it's just, I don't know. It's interesting to me because the class thing did come up more than once in this episode. Yeah. And, and it's, 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 you know, I said a moment ago that there was only one thing that I liked about Sejanus, which was his, you know, his parenting skills. Um, but aside yeah. from that, maybe also the fact that, you know, he's kind he's kind like, you know, he's, he's not, he's still, you know, he's still like a millionaire, but he's the closest thing we have to like a working man in the, in the, well, you make you make an interesting point about the parenting skills thing from the standpoint that, yeah, if he is, you know, you know, you know, it's kind of been shown in the show. You've talked about how how spoiled all the people that we've seen that are are, are part of the ruling class, and uh, and yeah, so it does make an interesting contrast that he does have these two. We we see nothing bad about his kids at all. Yeah. They seem very polite, well-behaved people in a way that 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 you know. <laughs> that people that are that are part that are plebs have to be a little more polite. <laughs> yeah, because all, all we know based on his interaction with his kids that he's that he's uh, affectionate, but also capable of disciplining. And so you know, it sort of it just seems like a very sort of I don't know, just kind of normal parenting to me when I see yeah. him. 
Um, whereas the other, the other, the other folk who are all largely from the senatorial class, it, it's all kind of, um, uh, it's very, you know, there's this sense of distance between the kids and the parents, but also this, you know, sense that most of them have been either spoiled or they've been groomed for something very specific. It's, it's just a much diff- different set of priorities, I guess, is yeah. what you see at work. Um, but I did want to talk about the, uh, the Carthage history that uh, Claudius is writing because he goes, uh, he go, he goes to the, uh, the copier. There's like a, they have a whole system in Rome to, to, to produce large numbers of documents. And they basically have uh, you know, scribes uh, copying uh, you know, the text that Claudius needs. He's writing a history of, of, uh, of, of Carthage and it's being put into like a scroll box and it's multiple scrolls. And if, the 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 place that's doing it the the chief there I don't I don't know what his official title is the guy that they chose was great this is one of my favorite characters <laughs> in the show um, yeah he, definitely it's a great it, scene uh, essentially what's going on is he is um, he is trying to put elephant pictures into the text uh, to liven up to li- to liven it up and. And Claudius is taking his history very serious, and he doesn't want elephants of any kind in in the uh, in the text. And and so uh, the guy is like, "But it's fashionable." And Claudius is like, "But it's a damn silly motif, you know. He, it, it just doesn't work." And and so the guy's like, "Okay, no more elephants. Elephants are out. Our esteemed client, uh, you know, disapproves of elephants. Even your elephant, sir, which I must say are exquisitely drawn. And so he just, he just goes on this. It's just this very passive, aggressive way of handling Claudius. Um, I, I really like that scene. It's it's it, it's it, it's important because it, this is sort of the vessel through which the message gets to Tiberius. But otherwise, it's kind of a disposable scene. But it always sticks with me. Well, it's um, it's just one of those scenes like the scene with the actor in the first episode, I think it was, you know, where you just kind of get this little sense of Roman life kind of going around. It's just this, because, I mean, you know, it's easy when the characters are all, you know, in the palace for it to be disconnected. But it's one of those moments where it's like they're dealing with, you know, Claudius is just dealing with these people who are. This is this publisher. <laughs> yeah. Just, just adds a little little texture to the world. Well, and the thing is, it's also we get a lot of sort of Claudius as historian in this episode because when he speaks yeah. with the he's with Asinius when he gets arrested, and uh, that he meets Asinius in 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 the place that he's having the copies made, and Asinius says, "Oh, did you did you read my my essay on Cicero and Pollio?" and Basically, it sounds like Asinius was criticizing Cicero, saying that he, you know, his speeches weren't that great, and uh, which is interesting in its own. You know, I remember having to read Cicero's speeches in in, in history class, and uh, uh, but 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 Claudius. What, what was your opinion, great or not? I, I I don't really have a strong opinion actually on Cicero, <laughs> um, but I, number one, I was reading translations, and so whenever you're reading yeah. translations, I don't think you quite, you know, I probably can't appreciate Cicero as well as someone who read it in, in latin in latin yeah um, but uh but 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 the uh the thing that, that was interesting to me is he asked claudius what he thinks and claudius responses is oh i don't know if i agree and then they very politely sort of have this discussion you know obviously asinius probably has much bigger things on his mind so maybe that's part of why he's not worked up about claudius disagreeing with him but i i just found it to be a very sort of scholarly exchange that the two men are having um, oh yeah and uh yeah 
it's and, no, and, and it, oh, go ahead. Oh no, and I just thought it was an interesting topic. Like, well, how how good of an orator was Cicero? You know, it's sort of is a uh, you know it, it was it was a, again just a nice the sort of little. It's something that you you know you you know it's in, a lot of this is being invented. Like a lot, we don't know a lot of uh, a, a lot of the text that that you know like like a lot, like like enough stuff has been lost that they're able to sort of fill in blanks and and create this world where we don't we don't know you know how uh how claudius's life as a scholar might really have been but this is kind of nice do you know what i mean this yeah is like uh, a nice yeah. thing so um so i i really enjoy that part of the show um yeah well, it's 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 it, i mean it got, just talking about claudius it's uh you know obviously you get a scholarly side but it's uh it's also you know, the end of the episode, it's just, you know, it, it was commented, I think, in the previous episode about, you know, you know, uh, uh, Herod, you know, t when he talks about Claudius, we kind of see that again, where uh, at the end of the episode, when his wife comes begging, and it's like Claudius is just this horrified running away from her. And it's like he... He he isn't taking any kind of stand anywhere on anything at the end yeah. of this episode. Even though even though he was the messenger that brought all this about, you know, that was more him being pushed into it by his mother than anything he really did on his own. The whole exchange is. with his mother was hysterical. I think. <laughs> yes, it was. Because, you know, she's just you know he doesn't want to give it to him because of the elephants, and she's like you know you're just like the the the, the biggest fool that any mother could have been burdened with. And all the you yeah, know, uh, it's 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 a it's a very like Antonia. What, what's interesting to me about Antonia in this episode is number one, she doesn't really know all of the stuff that's going on with Livia. She just learns about it at the beginning of the episode, and she only gets a taste of it. And then by the end of the episode, so well, let's talk first about Livia, uh, Lavilla, and then we'll talk about where this goes because I think we have to do it in order. But mm -hmm. Lavilla is plotting with Sejanus to have Tiberius killed, and the reason why is because she's outraged that Tiberius has. Uh, has uh, not agreed to allow them to marry and instead offered up the, the option of him marrying Helen, who's Lavilla's daughter. And yeah. so Lavilla's response to this is to start poisoning Helen and basically doing it, I think, to put pressure on Sejanus to make a move against Tiberius. And so th what sort of happens in the show is we realize S S Sejanus is being forced to act early, and that's probably why things unfold the way they do because of his relationship with Lavilla. And Antonia discovers all this, and after she informs Tiberius of the plot, she locks Lavilla in a room herself and starves her to death. And this harkens back to the wolf scene uh, much earlier in the show, yes. where you know she says, you know, you know, I hope I should be dead by then. And then she says, "Shut your mouth," or you know, "You'll have you'll have no dinner this evening," or something. And and it's, yeah. it's it all just plays. I mean, that was again foreshadowing it's not something that I usually care about, but just the way it's done in this show is just so well-placed and well-crafted that by the time you get to the scene, you're like, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and uh, and also, she's just sitting there on a chair in front of the door, you know, and, uh, you know, we've seen this scene before with Augustus and Julia. Do you know what I mean? I think it was yeah. reversed. I think Julia was on the outside of the door and, and Augustus was inside. Inside, yes. But it's the same scene. And, uh, and Antonia you know is is sort of an echo of augustus's resolve but even more so because augustus had to sh put a shroud over his head and block out his ears 
and she's just she's absorbing she, yes you know she, she it's her as she said it's her punishment to listen to it it's like she's yes. going to listen to every single scream whereas augustus he was uh he was not willing to. <laughs> so, again, I mean, it's a horrible thing, uh, but there's so many horrible things in the show, and you come yeah. away from this just really respecting Antonia by the end of the by the end of the series. Just be, you know, just again, she's you know, she just it's it's a kind. I don't know. She's it's sort of a kind of honor that doesn't really exist anymore. Do you know what I mean? Maybe never quite existed, but it's it's no. a, it's it's a it's 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 she she's just a very interesting character to me. Um, uh, she she very much believes in the Roman honor, which may or may not have ever been real. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, even in the show, even in the show, it, it's it's just presented as probably you know she's kind of be buying into a lie, but she buys yeah. into it so thoroughly that you just can't help but respect her determination. Um, it's uh, yeah. and and again, it's the it's the qual it's the character that spills over to her son Claudius. Um, but yeah. You know, though I would I, say, I was saying, though, Claudius, Claudius is interesting too because I, I, you know, like I said, we see at the end with Claudius's reaction to everything, and it's it, you know, with this show, you know, the show's angle, of course, is that you know Claudius, this character, regarded as a fool and so on, and uh, but we see there's greater depth to him. But the show never goes overboard of going, hey, everyone thinks Claudius is a fool, but he's really a great guy. You know, yeah. it's like it, they keep him very human. It's like they it's like there's there's moments, you know, you, you overall you like the character, but it, he, he there's there's lots of moments where you really don't respect what he does either. It's uh, well, it's, well, it's yeah, very complicated. What, what would be some examples if you can think of any uh of, of of not respecting yeah him? yeah this episode was there anything in particular that you were thinking or uh, just just uh, his reaction to his wife showing up mm. it's like it's not it's it's you know he, he's not willing to help her and he's not willing to really rebuff her either he yeah. just it's just he's just shutting the whole thing out and running away yeah. it's like if he if he was like oh you know it, you know there's there's no no stand you know he's yeah. he's just bending you know trying to bend with the wind and as a Herod and he, puts it, and he, he's not willing to do anything. And he's on the floor. He's, like, screaming on the floor. He's not... He's, yeah. he's, there's not a lot of dignity in that scene. If that were Antonia, she would have rebuked her. She would have been like, exactly. well, you're getting what you deserve. You shouldn't have been his sister. You know, you shouldn't have been loyal to him or whatever. <laughs> you shouldn't, whatever the, yeah, you yeah, shouldn't you know. have been born his sister. Yeah. That's I mean, what she She gets. would have said something much better than that. that that's that's know, something my grandfather would have said. But... Uh, but <laughs> But but she would say something like that, like you know, so that kind of she she would have been. Well, she, she was very much on on board with what was happening. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, because it's not like she just did happen to randomly be a sister. She uh, but she was it, she knew what was going on. But Claudius is this weird mixture of his mother with maybe I don't know maybe his father something else. There's yeah, some, there's definitely there, some of his maybe father. a bit of Augustus because there, there's this degree of compassion in him which is admirable but also would have caused him to make all the wrong moves this episode if his mother hadn't sort of directed him in the right course. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, he, he is, you know, he, would have, he wouldn't have wanted his sister to die. Do you know what I mean? He would have protected his sister. And so... Yeah. And so... 
you know, and it would have been, you know, me saying the show, I like the way the show is willing to have it be weeks. It would have been really easy to write the exact same episode and have Claudius be like, hey, I'm going to smuggle this letter in my history and I'm going to take it and show it to Tiberius and make, make Claudius the hero of this episode. That would be the, the easy narrative choice to make. You know, it'd be like, and you can have everything else play out the same. But the show doesn't do that. It's not. No. It's not. It's not gonna. It's not going out of its way to make Claudius a hero or anything. Now, what do you think about the Asinius scene? Because I feel like this show does do a good job of that. It does. It doesn't generally make you feel like the writer is putting himself in as the. You know, like that's. I think that's kind of what you're talking about when the writer sort of says, "Now is the heroic moment where yeah. I get." You know, it, it's kind of more about the writer getting to shine than the than anything else. And I feel like the only scene in the series that gets close to that is the Asinius scene. Um, and I was just hmm. curious on your like, do you think that was too heavy-handed, or because because huh. he really rebukes Sejanus in a big way? It's a really big, sort of very descriptive speech of what he thinks Sejanus is, and I mean Sejanus is about to have him tortured and killed, and he's just sort of standing there in total defiance. Um, but it, but again, I mean, there's more details to the scene, obviously. Um, I I. I mean, I get what you're saying. It could be seen that way, but I think I think it kind of works to have a character who is willing to do that, mm-hmm. just to to contrast with Claudius, who is not quite not willing to. to go, yep. not not to go out there. I think I think I think it serves a narrative purpose aside from the author saying, "Here's what I think of Sejanus," because I don't I don't get the feeling the writer is the writer is is isn't someone who's just putting up Sejanus to be purely hated he, yeah. you know the writer's also the person showing hey he's a good father you yeah. know <laughs> it's i i feel like i i don't feel like this is that kind of a show where it, i i don't know i mean maybe i'm wrong but that's my take no no it's just i just think it's an interesting scene because um because number one the actor i mean he's like i don't know the terminology but he's doing all the things actors do when they're sort of giving a big meaningful speech he's like rolling all of his r's he's like he's 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 enunciating in a particular way um you know and he's and he really seems to be like the 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 thing he does at the end where he says you know mankind needs a sense of smell and it's like he's the way he delivers that line he didn't have to deliver it that way he chose to deliver it that way um sure and the director may have asked him to deliver it that way and so yeah that's also possible so i'm very curious about the scene because it struck me as heavy-handed but at the same time like you're saying it contrasts with claudius and and also by the end of the scene it's deflated by the fact that sejanus says oh Okay, we'll just start over again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Because that's the thing. If you were gonna do, if you if you were writing that scene to make it the heavy handed, yeah, I'm gonna have this character really show Sejanus what's what. Mm. You know, Sejanus would react, but yeah. the fact that Sejanus, it just bounces off him. He really, really doesn't care what this guy thinks about him in the least. Yeah, that that stops it from playing as. You know, as being, ooh, here's the scene where Sejanus, you know, gets told the truth. It's, uh, yeah, I, you know. <laughs> and Sejanus, Sejanus listens to, the thing is, knowing yet what we know about Sejanus, Sejanus is sitting there reading his spies reports about people saying terrible things about him day in and day out, I'm sure. Yep. If anyone, if anyone is ignored the criticism of himself, it's Sejanus. Yeah, I, I, I would, uh, I would say so. Now, the um, did we did we talk about the scene where um, 
where Claudius uh, bumps into Caligula in the street? Uh, no, we have not talked about that. That that's that was, where. He, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. And that's the SD one uh, where he tells him he's going to Capri, right? The Caligula does. Yes, I believe I believe that is that scene. Um, the uh, it's the it's it's the one where uh, where Claudius uh, goes to tell him that he is um, that he thinks Caligula is in danger because Drusus has just been arrested, and Caligula ah, yes, yes. and 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 Caligula uh, uh, number one he's eating peaches the whole scene. And he's eating them in a particular way, you know. He does, he, he and, and and he just doesn't look like he cares. Like Claudius comes to him and he has he has this look of desperation. He's like, "You're a danger." And Caligula's just kind of like, you know, eating a peach and like wiping his hand on his robe and you know, just kind of casually tossing pits to the ground. You know, it's just that he just doesn't seem that concerned. Um, mm-hmm. But he slips in and out of it because at a certain point in the scene. You know, he said, you know, he, you know, I think Claudius says to him, like, don't you even care that your brother has been arrested? And he says, yes, it matters very much to me. And he suddenly gets very serious. And you can see that Caligula is also kind of playing a game. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Claudius has been playing the fool to survive up until this point. And and I think yeah. you get a hint that Caligula has also been making his own maneuvers. And he uh, yeah. and he is much more aware of what's going on than his demeanor would otherwise suggest. Huh, um, that's an interesting, uh, yeah, interesting take on the scene. I mean, considering considering we've talked before about how these two characters do have a certain connection, yeah. that that is an interesting take that uh, the Caligula, Caligula to an extent plays up his craziness and is like Claudius plays up being the, uh, the stammering fool, well, so. Well, because I think Caligula... I mean, we'll talk about it as we get more into it in the show. But number one, he's got he's got a number of personalities that rise to the surface. He's kind of split between the impish and the serious Caligula, like the serious and sincere, and the impish and whimsical. So yeah. you know, hey, you know, and and uh, and also his madness is sort of sometimes he sort of is hamming it up deliberately, and yes. sometimes it's real madness. And, yes, and and so here I feel like we were seeing the hammed up. Ooh, I'm such a, you know, I'm such a perv, aren't I? Uh, yeah. And he's sort of doing it to get a reaction. Like he's, he, I guess we'd, we'd call him an ed, edgelord uh, in today's language. <laughs> yes. Like he's just kind of, he's just kind of doing it to Caligula, get a reaction. Caligula, the ultimate edgelord. Yeah. He's just trying to get a reaction. <laughs> but, but, but now, but, but, uh, but there's a purpose to it. Do you know what I mean? There's a, um, there's a, there's an aim and the aim is he's trying to, He's, number one, he's trying to survive because all of his brothers and his mother are being, you know, arrested and exiled and executed. And, uh, uh, and number two, there's a path to becoming emperor clearly laid out before him. And so, yeah. so, so I'm sort of wondering. Number one, I mean, we know that Caligula is a perverted guy. Like, like he, you know, he ends the he yeah. ends the scene talking about I love my sisters to to Claudius, and he, you know, he means something very sinister by it. Um, but also he shows himself at times to be oddly traditional and oddly kind of conservative in certain ways. And, and so I'm wondering how much, how much of sort of, how much of Caligula's escapades are, are a result of him trying to sort of appeal to Tiberius. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and maybe that having a corrupting effect over, of its own on him. Um, 
you know, yeah. in the show. Not yeah. I'm not talking about the history. I'm talking about the show here. So just you know what we see in the show. Maybe I'm maybe I'm missing a detail that's important. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, first of all, this technical thing here. Did your mic come out of unplugged again? I don't believe so. Why is okay. there? You, you, you sound okay. The quality of sound just changed. But uh, I don't want to interrupt the whole show here. Okay, uh, all right. It sounds, it sounds okay. I just... I, uh, but, uh, but yeah, getting back to the topic. Yeah, I, I, I'm really, really intrigued by your observation there about, uh, about, about, about Caligula, though. Because, uh, yeah, he... Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's kinda, it kind of goes back to the... Uh, the dramatic conflict in uh in Hamlet, you know, where uh, in in Hamlet there's always the debate: how crazy is Hamlet, and how much is Hamlet pretending to be crazy, or you know, what 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 parts are on what side of the line? And so, uh, you know, obviously Caligula is a lot crazier than Hamlet, but uh, there's he, he's definitely playing it up too. Yeah, no, but I. Mean, I yeah. Yeah, it's funny because there's there's obviously both. Like he's obviously clearly meant to be insane, and we see it clearly. Uh, I think in the next episode when he gets his headaches, and you know there's there's something wrong with his brain for sure. Um, yeah, but but it's ambiguous. Like a lot of things in the show, it's funny because the show is so heavy handed at times and so mustache twirling, uh, yet it still allows for this degree of ambiguity. Um, that, yes, that I think uh, is where sort of. I don't know. It's like it's it, again. I've said this a lot, but I'm going to say it here now because it's important and it's coming up. But I think that this is one of the most sympathetic uh, depictions of Caligula that you'll see, even though it's also one of the most over the top sort of fun depictions of Caligula. And it's mm -hmm. one of the best examples of a sympathetic villain that I've ever seen where the villain still and this is true of every one of the villains so far. The villains are still terrifying, but you do sympathize with them. And I think that's, you know, we had a whole period in the 90s where it was just all sympathetic villains. And, it, and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and you sort of saw how difficult it is to retain the, the, the fear and the terror that you have of a villain when they're, when they're overly sympathetic. And I think... Yeah, well, there was, there was a whole thing. I, I, it was kind of a, a, uh, a truism people would state in the 90s that, ooh, the villain's always the most interesting character. And, they, yeah. they, and, they, and Hollywood bought into it too heavily. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where you... It's like you... you it, it just... The stories weren't working because they were, they were leaning on it too hard. Well, you still but, need to uh, be afraid of the villain. Do you know what I mean? That's general... Like, you still need to yeah. be afraid of the villain. I'm still ho terrified of Caligula in this show. I would not want to have to pass, you know, have him pass judgment over me on any day of the week. Uh, no, and, and yeah. all the characters need to be interesting. You can't go. Well, let's make an interesting villain, and the hero's just gonna gonna be there. You know, yeah. he'll just be the he'll just be the bland hero. Because I was like, you know, in this scene, I mean, you know, not not that Claudius is amazingly heroic, but he is our protagonist to an extent that anyone is in this story, and uh, you know, and it's like. He, as you say, he comes up to Caligula and he kind of removes his mask in this scene. It's like, hey, you're in danger. He takes off his fool act and it's like, look, you know, uh, he's he's taking his mask off at at, uh, at that point. So it's 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 a it's it's a fascinating scene because we've got two very fascinating and complicated characters talking to each other. But uh, going back to your earlier point too about the ambiguity, it's like, 
I, I think ambiguity is, is so important in this kind of show because if if we if we could agree on all the characters and if we understood all the characters completely, there'd be a lot less human than yeah. they are. It's like because people people aren't that you know logical. I mean, not everything they do makes sense. Not everyone has a reason for everything they do that's clear. But you know, this show the characters feel consistent, but they don't. Yeah. They're they're not. They're, they're not they're not entirely understandable at the same time either well and i think what that helps for is for replay value like when you watch mm-hmm. a show if the characters are if, if it's all uh, easily understood and everything lines up 100 percent and you get it there's no there's almost no point in watching again sometimes i see that with yeah. a lot of movies and a lot of shows but with a show like this every time i watch it i have new questions i sort of say oh i didn't notice that about this character i wonder if this character and sometimes they're questions that lead me in stupid <laughs> directions but but it's still much more engaging to to be able to go back to a series or a book and and have that experience with it. I just I just find that with this one, I again I don't um, you know this this is this is like for me this show is definitely my benchmark of this is like how you do a good show like this yeah. is like a uh, you know a, a lot of shows try to do what this show is doing and do not succeed um, and. And again, I, I think a lot of it does revolve around the fact that the characters are, they're very human. They're, you know, like you said, Claudius, he's not just a hero. He's not just a fool. You know, there's a, there's a lot going on. And, and also, even when he, even when you're disappointed in Claudius, you understand, like you get oh, it. Oh, yeah. You, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it would take a, it would take, you know, it would take balls of steel to do what like Antonia does. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you would not be, you know, most people would behave like Claudius, I think. Um, that, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, it's, he's, he's disappointing by the standards of a protagonist in a TV yeah. series. He's not disappointing by the standards of just an average human being. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe he is, cause maybe it's sort of like you're realizing sort of, Oh, you know, that's, that's the average human being, you know, like yeah. that's the, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know. I, again, th- th- this is. A, I think this is. Uh, I think this is one of the better episodes in the show. Number one, um, mm-hmm. because I, I really like the, the just the maneuvering to get Sejanus out of power is very interesting on its own. But then you have all this interesting character stuff, and and that scene at the end is so so powerful. That scene where uh, Lavilla is in the uh, in the room and the mother's in the outside, um, and also the the little quip at the end with Claudius. Where he talks about how he was permitted to divorce Elia uh, because of his connection to his mother, and his mother was the one who un- uncovered the plot, and that he uh, did he I guess he, he he was by tradition he was only supposed to give back fifty percent of the dowry or something, and he gave back all of it, and, yes. and he comments that you know she must have thought me quite the fool, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh... That's a good good close to the episode there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm sure we've overlooked a lot. But I mean, we, again, you can usually tell how good an episode is by how easy it is for us to talk about it. And we've gone on for an hour already, and we're not yeah. even on steam. So I, no, I mean, you're saying that you know this show that the ambiguity makes things good for a rewatch. It makes it good for a discussion too, because there's there's so many times we interpreted things differently in this episode, and that's that's great. I what, love that. Well, what it means is if you're sitting in your this is the kind of show you should watch with people if you can. Uh, yes. Because you will you'll have real like 
there are some movies you watch and you say nothing during or after. This is a show where you kind of don't say anything while it's happening except maybe for laughter, which is, you know, you're sort of communicating your amusement over the course of the show or your, your other emotions. But you don't generally... I find it's, it's difficult to interrupt the show when you're watching it. But after you'll definitely have conversation to be had. It's 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 that kind of a series. Um, yeah, and it's I, it's one that's good to watch throughout your life. The last time I watched the show, I was in my mid twenties. Now I'm in my late forties, and it's it's a it's a very different show to yeah. me now. I have a very different perspective on life, and there's I I was a lot more idealistic and I watched this last time and I was like oh yeah the republic should come back and blah blah and blah and I I, I you know and I'm a lot more <laughs> I don't know I, I'm just I have a lot more complex view on politics now well I think I think as you age your take because when I was in my 20s it was probably around I was probably in my 20s when I first saw this and and that was kind of my reaction too you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then but then each time i would watch it i'd have a different reaction as i got older and uh but i think what's cool about it is all of those the 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 show plays to all of those very well um you can enjoy yeah. it at, yes. at, at different stages of life so exactly exactly that's that's my point i'm not saying i enjoy it more now i enjoy it differently now it uh, it it, it you, you you know whatever you bring to the show you, you get different things from it and uh, and we didn't you know we, we didn't get time to go into Apicarda, but I guess that's okay. She's a minor character, anyways. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, th I think we I think we covered pretty much everything. Um, and uh, and yeah, so also I probably should have mentioned this at the start of the episode when we had everybody listening. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we have a book called House of Paper Shadows out. You can go and check it out on RPG now. It's a wuxia horror sort of dungeon crawl adventure uh i it's more than a dungeon crawl but it is sort of like my it, it's my version of a dungeon wuxia dungeon um and uh you know i'm really you know again it's out on, on pdf and it'll be out in print in october in time for halloween i think i'm going to do like a special halloween running of that module i think i, I i'm gonna have to um mm -hmm. so so yeah so we'll be back next time with uh episode eight which is Zeus by Jove. So now, okay, so we're now going to get into the Caligula episodes, which, as I've stated multiple times, these are the best episodes of the, of the series. We've already kind of gotten into them because we've been dealing with Caligula, but these are the episodes where Caligula becomes emperor, and they're, they're just amazing. Uh, for a number of reasons so, <laughs> so we will get into that and uh, and also I think we should I don't know if we mentioned it, John Hurt plays Caligula I don't know if we brought that up but but he, uh, he's the, yeah I think in a previous episode not in this episode yeah. though so uh, uh, so you know anybody who uh, uh, watches Doctor Who will be aware of him from uh, the uh, the War <laughs> Doctor episodes and anybody who's seen Alien knows him as the guy who got his guts eaten out by the uh, uh, you know the alien bursting from his chest and he's so, also Hazel the Rabbit in Watership Down, so there you go. Yeah, he, he he's in a, he, he, I think he was in the Elephant Man as another one. Um, that another yeah, big one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a great actor, and he's fantastic, you, I don't yeah. think you could have cast Caligula more perfectly. <laughs> no, he uh, really couldn't. <laughs> um, so, all right. So we will let you go, and we will talk to you later. <laughs>